Aquarius Productions and the City of Biloxi join forces once again this Sunday with another open mic. Starting at 6.30, local musicians and comedians are welcome to come down to the District Green on Howard Avenue to get some stage time. Free to the public, so don't miss out on the fun. And remember to contact Aquarius through their Facebook or Instagram for all your entertainment needs. Whether you need headshots, your event film, or an event plan, Aquarius has access to the right equipment and all the best local artists. Your next event can be the best one yet. You'll be super cool. The only way you can be cooler is if you become a patron member of Open Micro's podcast. And of course, we are also brought to you by that dirty motherfucker, BJ DeBlow. He would have started his own podcast, but he's too chicken shit. Let's start the show. Music means it's Wednesday night and it's time for the Open Micros Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Irish by association, Jacob Craig. And tonight, our guest is the first ever Irish comedian to ever be on The Tonight Show. He has been on Comedy Central's Up Next. And he has been on Fireball Run, even though he hates that fucking credit. Please (laughs) give it up for Sean fucking Fannerty finally on the goddamn podcast. Oh, so I'm so glad you said that I hate Fireball Run. I, uh... <laughs> I I did my research. I noticed that every fucking podcast brings up that credit, and you're like, I hated that show. Oh, dude, it stank. One, the only cool thing about it was I got to meet Shooter McGavin. It was absolute trash. Aside from that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, but we were talking before the show. We have to open. Yeah, this. you dropped a bomb on us before we started. So here we, I gotta yeah. hear this. Right, so here's what happened. Uh, I, I, I was meant to do a show in, uh, in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, on that run. And that one ended up falling through, and I ended up doing a night in Panama City instead. But, uh, yeah, the night of the, I headlined the show at the Mobile Comedy Festival, uh, I, I punched that guy, Krangus, in the face. <laughs> yeah. Krangus has been on our show twice, by the way. So everyone yeah. listening knows who Krangus is. Great, great. Well, this might have been the most like amicable punch in the face ever. Here's what happened, right? So we're out, we're out front of the the venue where the competition was on at, and he was hosting the mic afterwards, and we were just chatting for a while, and uh, I had had quite a lot to drink, and then he goes, "Punch me in the face," <laughs> and I was like, "Nah, I don't want to." I don't really want to punch you in the face. He goes, no, come on. It's fine. Punch me in the face. And I was like, I I don't know. And then he just like stopped for a second and kind of wasn't paying attention. And I just socked him right in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And and then he just looked at me like, like kind of like, he just gave me this look of like, wow, thank you so much for doing that. And he like he was like shaking off his jaw a bit, and then he just like gave me a big hug. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wild. There was You're some out- slap off it too. Like it made a pretty loud thud. <laughs> You're out here doing the Lord's work, Sean, because there are a lot of people who wanted to punch that guy in the face, and you're out <laughs> he here doing the thing. He asked me to more than once, and I declined a couple of times. Yeah, I guess I just cracked Look. him in the face. I didn't even really remember the story. The other boys told me the next day. <laughs> they were like, you cracked Krangus in the face. I was like, Look, hell yeah. <laughs> and Sean's a big guy for everyone who's 
who's listening. Like, I'm a big fucking guy. Sean is like a couple inches taller than me. Wide fucking like frame. Six two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can pack a punch. Like, that's not that's not a little fucking punch. Yeah, yeah. No, he must have really wanted to be punched in the face. I don't know what it was. I've never had someone be like, no, oh, it's cool. Just punch me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Bye. So, so Krangus was the Marine. I think there's something about, like, getting out yeah. of that where you just don't see people die anymore. You're just like, hey, I want something fucking horrible to happen. <laughs> Yo, just, I just want to feel something. <laughs> yeah, feel something. Dude, at, we were at the open mic last night, and um, after the show, he gets fucking hammered after every show. I did a joke about how we were on the road together, and this uh, gay club owner tried to fuck him. And he was, like, holding him, and he, like, looked at me, and he was like, hey, man, you think we could fuck Krangus? And my response was, yeah, dude, I think between the two of us, we could probably pull it off. <laughs> and he got so mad after the show. He was like, you think you could hold me down, you fucking pussy? I've killed guys bigger than you. I was like, dude, okay. <laughs> I, won't, I won't try to fuck you. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what, man? When you put it that way, I won't try to fuck you. Stifled <laughs> <laughs> all of my efforts. Ruined a good time. Could have been. Could have been a good. Dude, time. what's where does his name come from? Because he sounds like one of those aliens from The Simpsons. He, uh, that's not his real name. It's that's his real name's Christopher. So I don't think we've ever asked him what where Kringus came from. We need to have him on the show yeah. again and ask him, like, where the hell did Kringus come from? We don't need to, we don't need to do that. I can't believe I can't believe it's never been asked before. He told me the story once. It was uh, he was at a party one time, and one of his friends was on acid or something, and he kept trying to say Chris, but instead he kept saying Krangus, and so it just stuck. And now he it's it's like a Krangus. weird mix of like Krampus and like Chris Kringle, and like it's all mixed up. Like it's some weird. It sounds he sounds like a weird Christmas villain. Or kind of like Kerrang, the music station. Yeah, Kerrang. God, I, I haven't heard that in forever. <laughs> I'd be listening to... Now I can't think of a single band that would have played that Kerrang. <laughs> I, I, I like some spin-offs of Linkin Park. What was that? The one rapper had that other group. Yeah, with the guy from... Uh, oh, from Static X. What did they call themselves? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. Who else used to play on there? Good Charlotte, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. This is the end of God. Yeah. 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 Everything, everything you'd expect on a fucking Tony Hawk game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. But yeah, you were in Mobile. How did you? Uh, how did you enjoy the South, man? Well, of, of course you're from Orlando, but how did you enjoy? Uh, had you ever been to Mobile before? How did you enjoy your run? Yeah, I'd been to Mobile once before, I think, once before. Yeah, the run was great. I had a great time. The shows were fun. Um, the first time I was in Mobile was uh, was wild, man. I did a show, a show, excuse me, at the Merry Widow. And uh, I got to the venue and I was like, so how are you guys usually busy on Sundays? And they go, oh, we don't usually open on Sundays. I was like, oh, this is going to be <laughs> popping off tonight. <laughs> and then. By the end of it, there was, like, a really good crowd there. But, like, that's where I first met Compton. And he hosted. And uh, and the other guy doing spot a spot was uh, uh, Truett. Is that his name? Oh, yeah. Truett Beasley. Yeah. 
Yeah. And this was my this was my girlfriend's dad's first time seeing me. So he was like, All right, first up, dude in a ke- a kilt. Second up, a guy <laughs> handing out beads and saying splash. <laughs> so, so this is this is what you do on the road? And I go, No, this is a particularly unusual mix of wonderful people that we're bringing together tonight. That guy threw it cracked me up, man. I was like, I'm I'll say one thing. I, I've never seen that like it before or since. He was very entertaining. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but do you know the comedian Killer Bees? I recently, uh, this past weekend, found out that he is Killer Bees' son. Yeah. Yep, that is Killer Bees' son. Uh, true Let me tell you, it's yeah. like he took one look at, at his dad and went, I'm going to do this a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try this the opposite I way. It. I love it. Because, you know, Richard Pryor's son tried stand-up and bombed, I think, at the Apollo. And uh, people were like, oh, he's just trying to be his dad. Nobody can accuse Truett of that. <laughs> no, hardly anybody knows that his dad is Killer Bees. Like, I mean, cause yeah. he, Bees just recently did a show in Mobile, but for the most part, he hasn't done anything locally. And Truett right. has just been, like, fucking grinded it at all the mics in Mobile. Right. And, yeah, no one really, no one really knows that Killer Bees is Truett S. Beasley Jr. and right. fucking Truett is Truett S. Beasley the third. Yeah, like, just another one of those fun little facts you learn here. Hmm. Fun facts with Sean Fennerty, everybody. Tell you what. <laughs> uh, so, are you are you back in Orlando or are you in New York? Oh, I just thought of another one. Did you know a chameleon can blend into its surroundings even if it's blind? Fun facts with Sean Finnerty. All right, carry on. What was your question? <laughs> fun, facts, fun facts with Sean Finnerty, everybody. Uh, you're back in Orlando, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did more shows in Florida last weekend. I was uh, I did a show in Gainesville on Thursday, and then I headlined Comedy Zone in Vero Beach Friday and Saturday, and then I did a show in St. Augustine Sunday. So yeah, but yeah, I'm back living in Orlando now, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. What's the comedy scene like there right now? It's good. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I, I've always had like an affinity for the comedy scene here in Orlando because I started here before going to New York and L.A. and doing whatever else. So, yeah, it's good being back. I, I'm enjoying seeing some of the newer guys coming up and guys and girls. There's a lot of good new talent here. And yeah, it's, it's Orlando. It's a busy city. There's always shit going on, you know. Did you uh, reconnect with anybody that you were friends with before you moved to New York? Oh, a bunch of them. I started a podcast with two of them. Oh, yeah? Who did you start a podcast uh, with? Uh, Ryan Holmes and Charlie Bowie. Uh, they're both comics that started with me way back, like, nine, ten years ago. Ryan, has a, he's on a radio show here called Monsters in the Morning, and Charlie's just been doing the road for the last, like, eight years or so. Uh, so yeah, I love yeah. the Monsters show. I, I used to listen to them way back in the day. Oh, yeah. All that uh, Russ. Well, Ryan, Ryan is like, uh, yeah, he's like second chair on it now. Awesome. That that show's been on a long time. Yeah, they've been going a while, man. Yes, at least since the 90s, probably. <clears throat> yeah, but, I think he jumped on like three or four years ago. But uh, what's, the, what's the name of your podcast, man? What do you guys talk about on there? Oh, Legends of Pregame. Legends of Pregame. Hmm. We just put our first one out. It's about the Olympics. It's actually like, no lie, one of my, like, favorite because i had podcasts over the years and i've been a guest on a bunch i did like mm. you know i used to do lewis j gomez and and uh uh big j's stuff in new york i did a bunch of those podcasts and stuff but this was like 
the most fun hour of a podcast I've ever done. It was just like we talked about the Olympics in the first episode and just I, I couldn't believe how well it went. The, the chemistry is great. So I'm really looking forward to it going forward. That's awesome, man. Is that uh, on Spotify or where can people listen to that at? Pretty much everywhere, man. We have it on uh, because they had a podcast together um, before that called Poking the Bear. And so mm. they just decided to rebrand, take a, take a third guy on. So the three of us are doing this now. So, it's, yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. Apple Podcasts. I think it's on Spotify as well. It's on, you know, Google, all, all the podcast shit. Whatever, awesome. wherever, Lib, wherever Libsyn sends podcasts, you'll, that's where it is. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we used to use Libsyn. So, yeah, if you can listen to Open Micros, you can listen to Legends of Pregame. So stop listening to this. Go listen to Sean's podcast. Like, Don't that's... do that. We're not big. We don't have sponsors like you guys. <laughs> Come on, man. Our sponsors literally pay for just our Zoom subscriptions. Like, that's, <laughs> that's all we need. That's all we're ever going to need, man. That's it. Uh, did our Patreon pays for Charlie's dog food, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did you, uh, I'm curious, because we, we have an interesting connection. Uh, did you reconnect with Mark Viola when you got to Orlando? Uh, not since, but I actually, I had met him like about a month before I got there. So I know Mark Viola. I've opened for him on multiple occasions. Uh, yeah. He headlined a few shows in Biloxi. I'm very curious to know, and I mentioned this, by the way, I watched the roast of Sean Finnerty that took place before you went to New York uh, on your birthday. Oh, yeah. I'm curious to know what the last piece of horrible, unwanted advice Mark Viola gave you was. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I, I, you know what? There wasn't a last horrible piece of unwanted advice, but there, he did ask me to crash my couch for a week in New York, so... <laughs> Did you let him? Uh, I did actually, and he uh, he paid me and my housemates in uh, pre-rolled cigarettes, so it actually worked out to be a pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually saving a lot of money. Yeah. Um, the last time I I opened for Mark, he uh, he sat down at the table that I was sitting at. He already knew me, and he instantly just came in with, uh, "Yeah, man, just don't write too many jokes." Stop writing them. Of course. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're a just comic. Why would, why would you write jokes? Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, just don't write too many jokes. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's no. the key to success. Don't write. No, Mark hasn't given me advice since I overtook him three months into comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I thought about it for a little bit, and I was like, I'm not going to take advice from somebody who lives in a car. Like, I don't know if that's... <laughs> The best business plan for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to put a shit out in the street, but I don't think he's living in a car anymore. I think he's moved into his uh, an over fifty fives community. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That makes sense. I believe. I'm it. on the podcast. Let him tell his story. <laughs> yeah, well, we should get Mark on the podcast. We should ask him for. We should call it horrible unwanted advice with Mark Viola, and we should just ask go. him to unload it on us. Yeah. Done. Because <laughs> you know he's got it stored up. Just, just get it all out. Just yeah, it's like he's foaming at the mouth just to give it to you. He has, uh, he has been, he has been out as much of late. He has been out doing as much shows. You know, with the pandemic, he probably has a lot of pent up advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of pent up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm actually like 
I actually do know Mark pretty well and we get along well. So I'm just here trashing yeah, yeah. him. <laughs> he can't defend himself. Oh no, I I yeah, I've, I've gotten a, I've gotten along well with Mark every time we've met. But that is the one thing that you that got mentioned over and over in the roast, uh in your roast. And I was like, Oh, oh yeah. I thought it was just me. I didn't realize yeah. that. He was oh, well, notorious for this. That's the that's the other thing too, is like I would flat out say all of this to Mark's face and he knows it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, yeah. We should have him on the podcast after this, actually. Um, dude, let's talk about the Tonight Show, man. Fucking, that's the big thing, man. That is that is the big thing. The first ever Irish comedian to ever perform on the Tonight Show. Uh, I'm curious, like, did you know that fact when you got booked, or did you even care, or were you just like, fuck yeah, I got Jimmy Fallon? No, I'll tell you what, I, I didn't <clears throat> know it. Uh, and then, like, right before I taped, a real good friend of mine, Colin Tyrrell, who's a comic Irish comedian in New York, is doing real, real well for himself there now. He was the one who made a, a post about me being on The Tonight Show. And he goes, first Irish comedian on The Tonight Show in its 50-plus year history. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And then I couldn't find another one. So, like, I'm pretty sure it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. No, I'm pretty sure it is because Johnny Carson was racist. Dude, nobody was able to tell me another Irish comedian who'd done it. And like, I could, I would, I look back and I thought about it. And I was like, oh yeah, all the other ones did. Like, they did Letterman, they did Conan. Nobody ever did uh, the Tonight Show. So yeah, there you have it. It's weird. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a piece of shit, but you're the only Irish comedian I can name. So I, I don't know, man. It's probably true. true. I can't, I, I can't name any comedians from Wales. And I, <laughs> yeah, right. right now. Actually, that's not true. There's one guy, what's his name? Rod Gilbert. I can name one. <laughs> uh, dude, you know, it, that's just, it is what it is. If, if, if Flight of the Concords don't count, I can't tell you a New Zealand comedian. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Like, so that's, that's not really a big deal. So when you were preparing for the Tonight Show, obviously you fucking you already put in the work at this point. Like you got the Tonight Show, everything's yeah. paying off. Uh, so preparation for it. I mean, were you just like, I'm going to go in and do, I guess, three or five minutes of my best stuff? Or were you kind of methodical with what you were going to do? Well, so it wasn't it wasn't five minutes. Of it. it wasn't like just go in and do five minutes of your best stuff. It was do five minutes that the, the network are willing to accept. So, yeah, because my set is not, I'm not like a clean comic by any stretch. So, like, there was a lot of stuff that I wanted to do that I couldn't do. But that's just like, you know, that's the price you pay for getting on TV. You know, you can't just like, especially because the Tonight Show is the most strict because that's like network TV. Like, right. I've seen comics on Conan get a lot more leeway and on some of the other ones. But like. So what exactly on, do you have to do? Do you have to like um send them like write down your jokes to send to them and they uh, agree or or what Dude, How does you know, that work? This, is, this is gonna sound hilarious man i had never written out any my <clears throat> my jokes word for word before and i had to for the tonight show they had to yeah. run it by lawyers you have to write down the whole set word for word to make sure it's all right yeah wow <laughs> so i did, yeah so i did that and they approved it and they didn't initially and they there's a couple of things they weren't sure about. And then eventually I kind of, I guess I negotiated a, a plea bargain with them where they were like, all right, you can keep this, but you can't say this. And you, 
it was sponsorship issues. I was trashing a lot of airlines. They were like, you can, you get two. <laughs> like, right. You get Delta and Spirit. Leave the other one alone. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, you got, I think it was, it got, did I say it was a United and Spirit, but then they like, wouldn't let, it wouldn't let me trash Delta. And I go, all right, I'll just say like Frontier. They were like, you get two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Fair enough. What? What happens if you get up there and you like and you ad lib a little bit? Like, I mean, oh, I are did. they gonna fucking I mean, sue you? No, no. It, as long as it's not. I mean, they can. They, here's the thing. They can. It's not tape live necessarily. Yeah, they yeah, run. Yeah. They run the show like a live taping, but they air it. The comedy. They, here's how they work. They tape Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they tape two shows Thursday. So the second show they tape on Thursday is Friday's show. And that's when they usually have the comedians on. So like they can edit. So if there's oh, yeah. if there was like a major problem, they could just like take it out or whatever. I skipped the joke okay. in my tonight show set. I like had my set all ready to go and then I got out there and I just like accidentally skipped the joke. And uh it was funny actually, as I was as I was done, uh the booker goes to me, ah, you missed a bit. It didn't make a difference, but timing was right. Everything was fine. He goes, you missed a bit. And I go, ah, oh, is that okay? And he goes, I go, was that okay? And he goes, yeah, no, that you know, was fine. You still came in right around five, five and a half minutes. You're fine. But I didn't mean, was that okay that I skipped the joke? I meant like, did I do good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was that a pretty, I imagine that's got to be a pretty nerve wracking experience. Oh, yeah, I, like, blacked out when I walked out. There. Really? Yeah, I came to, like, 45 seconds in, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm doing this. I mean, is it <laughs> yeah, easier yeah. to know that you're pre-taping it, or is it even worse knowing that you're doing this, and then tomorrow night, like, 10 million people are going to watch this? I think, it's, I think it's worse, because, and here's why. Because if you think about it, all you know in that moment pre-tape regardless is if you mess this up you messed it up yeah but then you don't even get to see it until the next day so you gotta wait another 24 hours for you going man i hope this didn't like <laughs> suck you know you're yeah. good and it's not just that it's it's so much stuff you're like i hope i wasn't doing weird shit with my face yeah <laughs> you know? that's the like, weird thing like when i tape myself yeah. I notice I do the weirdest shit, like with my hands and with my face. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thankfully it all went well, and you know, I managed to make it as far as the uh, Open Micers podcast. Hell so yeah! Go <laughs> Let me tell you, the buck stops here, pal. Well, you can only go <laughs> up from here. <laughs> We've talked to famous people. Yeah, come on. Um, so what I want to know is like, you know, you're, you're the first, uh, Irish comedian to be on the tonight show. Like, when did you come to America? 2011. Oh, you were 11? No, 2011. Oh, 2011. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say you came over here at 11 and you still have an accent. Like, how does that happen? Oh man, listen, for the sake of the comedy opportunities, I will never lose this accent. <laughs> you got to stand out, man. man. In two weeks, I'm headlining Pittsburgh Irish Festival. You think they would have had me if I sounded like you, Fox? Dude, 
that's a market that I didn't even think about that you have to be cleaning up in. Dude, I didn't think about I didn't think about it either until I found a list of the festivals and just emailed them all. And I was like, oh, it turns out there's a lot of money in this. (laughs) Yeah. Especially with you, too, because I got to see you while you're in Mobile. Uh, While the judges were calculating the scores for the competition, you went up and did maybe 20, 25 minutes, something like that. You're a fucking great crowd work comedian. Like, that's something that I don't think comes across in a lot of the videos that are online because that's your material. But seeing you actually live in person, it's going to be different every single time. Oh, yeah, every show is different. But that one in particular, I would like to say I was hammered first. So uh... (laughs) (laughs) absolutely munted, absolutely munted, as they like to say. Yeah, no, I was I was shit face, man. And I was I was fun. And what was weird about it was like I was only meant to do like 10 minutes while the judges decided. Then they were back there for like a half hour. I was like, what? What the hell is going Look, on? And the funny thing about that is that me and Craig, the two guys that moved on, we were head and shoulders above everyone else. Like they were yeah. spending so long calculating who lost in what fucking place. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I, would, could... I would say shout out to uh, the Jacksonville chick. I had her as a, I had her down as a probably a third or fourth. She was pretty funny as well. Anna was very, very good. She yeah. she actually got points taken off for going over time, which mm. that's the if she didn't have that, then she probably would have been a lot closer. Because I was I think in second, the, she would have been a lot the, closer to me. She did great, so I hate to bring up the only joke that didn't work that well for her. But she had one thing about her eyebrows, and I think the problem was half the room just couldn't really see them. When you see her up front, yeah. like closer, like oh yeah, you got big ass eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. But it just, I couldn't see it at the back of the room. So it did, but it's a little okay. But it was like, I think it was just kind of lost on people because when it's like a visual gag like that, people really kind of need to see what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And dude, that was the best night of the competition, actually, that you got to see. Like, that was the night. Everyone was fucking killers, dude. Like, no open micers, just straight up fucking this person headlines here, this person headlines there in their regions coming to Mobile to fucking battle it out. Yeah, And then you go up there and you make everyone look like fucking amateurs with just some crowd work while you're drunk. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Dude, I was, I was so drunk. <laughs> I punched Krangus. <laughs> you did punch Krangus. Which, to be fair, a lot of sober people have wanted to punch Krangus. Like, that that's, so not, that's not on you. That's on him. How long yeah, have you been doing comedy? Uh, nine years. Hey, Jacob. Yeah? We got to tell the listeners about Brez Coffee Company. Oh, they're coffee for gamers by gamers. That's them. 100% free trade Colombian coffee roasted right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. Sounds perfect for all night gaming sessions, no matter what kind of gamer you are. Video games, tabletop, card games. Brez has what you need to keep sharp. They got all kind of flavors to choose from, like good for gaming light roast or the necro medium. See, I like a good dark roast, like the critical gaming dark. You can even add flavors to your coffee, like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. Can't decide what you want? Then just try their specialty sample pack. Whatever your coffee of choice is, they got you covered. Head on over to BrezCoffeeCompany.com and use the code OMPODCAST to check out for 10% off of your order. Amazing! So, like, when, like, when was the first time you decided to just get up on stage and just do it? Well, so... so... Yeah, so what happened was I was living in New York, 
broke down, went on a road trip, decided to move away, broke down in Orlando. And I was like, this place is all right. So I got a job there. <laughs> and three, three weeks after I moved there, I, I just decided to go to an open mic. I just actually got chatting to a friend of mine who was like, uh, uh, and I, another Irish guy living here. I just told him I'd always wanted to try stand up. And he was like, ah, oh, one of my old roommates. He's one of my best friends. He's doing it. I'll introduce you if you want. I was like, cool. Yeah. And then, uh, but I'd been thinking about, it wasn't just like a rash decision. I guess it was to do it in Orlando, but like I'd been thinking about it for maybe like a year or two. And I just didn't really know how to, how to do it. I was bartending like five, six nights a week in New York. So I never really had, didn't, didn't even know how to get started. And then I met this guy and he's like, yeah, there's open mics here. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let me try that. And the stakes never felt lower. Cause like, I didn't fucking know anyone here, you know? So I didn't care. It, was, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, what if my, what if my, you know, school friends from school see me bomb? Was <laughs> oh, what if strangers don't think I'm funny? Well, who cares? Whatever. Yeah, and so when you started out, were you the same kind of um, roast slash uh, crowd work comedian, or or were you just were you trying to batter out some material or what? Uh, I was, uh, yeah, I, no, I was like everyone, you know, kind of nervous when I started off a little bit. Uh, trying material uh i got the reason i got so good at crowd work or i guess not good not to toot my own horn but so comfortable with it was because when i was like nine months in i got the house mc job at a comedy club in Cocoa beach so i was like every thursday friday and they wanted me to do 20 minutes every night uh mm. i did that for a year and a half and every time i was like i can't be doing the same jokes every night so i try to have one new joke every week but aside from that I was nine months in. I only had seven minutes anyway. So I was just like up there talking to the crowd, doing crowd work. And yeah, I just did it enough and I just became real comfortable with it, you know? Yeah, that's a great way to start. Do you think I, that, that you would have reached the same level of fame if you started in Ireland? I have no idea, man. I don't like, maybe not. Who knows? Like, maybe not if I started in New York. You know, like yeah. maybe I would have tried it in New York and been like, oh, this sucks and quit. You know, we'd, maybe I would have started in Ireland and I would have been on like I'd had my own show in, in two years. You know, you, you, you right. don't know if I was to speculate. I, I'm very happy with where I started and how things panned out. But yeah, I mean, it's so hard to say. I mean, I mean, I go back there now and I do well. So I think but you know what? Right. I do think that like. I got I got very comfortable over here uh, before I ever really did much in Ireland, which was nice. But even still, sometimes I go home and like I have to remember how to perform for an Irish audience because references are a little different, and you know right. you kind of have to change your setup a bit. But yeah, yeah. So it, uh, in conclusion, uh, 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 no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Just waffle on for five minutes and don't answer your question. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask you if you ever went back home to Ireland and did any shows over there. Like, how different oh, yeah. is that that Irish crowd as opposed to an American crowd? Because I would imagine because you're over here and you have that accent and that personality, like, that goes even further, like, you know, with your jokes yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, but I think at the same time, our Irish people also just do have respect for people who are like, you know, the big thing you'd hear in Ireland, and I guess you'd hear it over here too, but you know, uh, it's just like, just, I couldn't fucking do that now. Fair play to you. You know, they're fair fucks to you, as they yeah. say. They're just like, they're just like impressed by the fact that you can get up and do it. And 
Like the thing is how you analyze the show versus how a crowd analyzes the show are two very different things. If you go up there and you do well for a half hour and there's like a slight lull of three or four minutes in the middle, you know, you're getting off stage and you're going, man, I lost them for a few minutes there. They're not analyzing every single joke you tell, you know? So it's like, it's kind of different how, you know, how an audience views a show versus how you do. You've done it a thousand times and you know how you do when it goes well and how, when it doesn't go well. But like an audience, this is their first time seeing you. So they don't really, and it probably statistically, it's one of their first comedy shows. So they don't have the frame of reference that you have, you know? That's true. I never thought of that. Yeah, it's it's the exact opposite here in Mississippi, though, because uh, it's not fair fuck to you. It's I could do better than you. Yeah. Put me up there. Give <laughs> yeah. me the microphone. Uh, don't get me wrong. We have those people, too. But, you know, they, they get up there drunk once and never do it again. Yeah, I had about five of those at the open mic last night that come up to me like, how do I sign up? I was like, yeah. I really don't want you to. But I guess just fucking go up there. I Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Probably one in every 20 of them will actually stick around. Yeah, I hope they don't, but probably yeah, one will. But, but it's like, if you, don't, if you don't go in with this in mind, like, here's the thing. If you go up and you bomb your first time doing comedy, but you've wanted to do it and been working at it and trying to write jokes, you know, you might stick at it. But if you just go up on a whim and bomb, you're just yeah. like, ah, I don't need to do that again. You're, you weren't invested in the first place. So it's like, who cares? Yeah, especially if you're if you have no aspirations to be a comic, if you're just drunk in a bar and you're like, that guy bombed, I can do better yeah. than that. Yeah, but then, and then Jacob you fucking don't. Jacob, you get that those beautiful moments like that one, you know, a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago where the guy was heckling all the comedians. Oh, got, dude, and you did. let him go up on stage and ju- he just got heckled to death. Love it. Love it. Yeah, dude, there was an instance where we made a heckler cry. You know, like we fucking <laughs> oh, he was heckling great. All the comics. He wanted to sign up. He went up there. Me and two other comics heckled him until he started fucking crying out on the front porch. And then he got a DUI on his way home. <laughs> Fuck that piece of shit, dude. I hope he's dead in jail right now. <laughs> that is instant karma right there. I the love most you, instant. Dude, you're a, you're, a, you're a mellow dude. You're a jolly guy, let me tell you. <laughs> Fuck that piece of shit. I hope he's dead in jail. Good banter. <laughs> Dude, the funny thing is, is I am a very laid back person. Like, until you try to heckle me at a comedy show, then I, I hope you go to prison. I, I, think that's, I think that's another reason I'm like, all right, crowd work is like, I get heckled a lot more than most comedians. Like, I, all my openers will say, Dude, you just get heckled more than anyone else who's seen. And I think it's partially like, because of the accent and the way I approach a show, people kind of feel like they're in my living room the way I do it, you know? Yeah. So I get heckled a lot anyway, so I'm just like, yeah, whatever. If that's where this show is headed, then that's what it's going to be, you know? So do you like like getting heckled? Like, do you like that interaction yeah, of being able to destroy yeah, somebody? Yeah, it's fun, man. Just wrecking people. Yeah, it's great. How, what's not fun about that? You have the microphone. They're easy to dismantle, you know? All you have to do... You have a microphone and you're more confident than that. This is like this is like a, a, a lion up against a fucking a frog. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have I like I have all of the experience and the confidence in the world to handle this situation. And you're gonna say some dumb shit because you're the one who just put yourself on the spot. Who's gonna win this? The only type of hecklers that I don't like 
are the ones that it, they're so drunk and it's so nonsensical that like you can't even really do anything with it. And they're just yelling every time you say a sentence. Cause that's like, that's just the one type of heckler that's like, there's not even really anything I can do with this because I've had it where like, I've had that person numerous times, well, probably like four or five times and you can destroy them when the crowd laugh. But then they just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And eventually it doesn't matter how many times you destroy them, the crowd are frustrated because this person won't shut the fuck up. So even, mm. even your laughs diminish because everyone is just like, this is ridiculous. We can't concentrate on the show. This person won't shut up. So that's the only, I've had a, probably four or five of them in nine years, but for the most part, hecklers are just like there for the taking. Yeah, but there's no worse feeling in comedy when you do get a heckler and for whatever reason, like you don't, like whatever you say off the cuff isn't as funny as you wanted it to be. And you're like, oh, I just ruined the perfect situation to look, make myself look good. Yeah, but also, like, when I do crowd work, I chat to the crowd a bunch, and, you know, like, yeah, yeah. sometimes sometimes a line will crush, and sometimes the next one won't, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, fuck it, they're not all going to hit, you know? Stick stick at it. Win the, win the war, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, when you first came to America, um, lots of puss, did that accent clean up? What's happening? <laughs> ah, yeah, I did well. <laughs> that's all i have to say about uh, that especially uh, with my missus in the next room <laughs> oh shit oh my bad man i didn't i didn't realize that you were a taken man i thought you i don't know i don't know oh no yeah yeah been with my, been with my girlfriend five and a half years now we got a puppy oh. there yeah got a puppy together there like oh, nice two, yeah like five weeks ago Little little Remy, make make you can make that the the ad for the show. Just that, a picture of my. Puppy. That's when you know it's getting serious when you when you adopt a pet together. Yeah, I think so, especially when you don't really want kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. Send us a picture of you and Remy, and we'll put it as the uh, cover photo for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> deal, deal. I'll send you the I'll send you the picture the day we got her back. Uh, I uh, I have a I have my vape and a bottle of Corona, and she's sitting beside me, and it's beautiful. That's exactly what you'd imagine, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At knowing you, the brief instances that I've known you, that's definitely like your personality in one picture. I feel like. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Just just me and the dog and a beer and nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I know you're Irish, but that's the most southern thing that anyone has ever like said you know what man we're not that different <laughs> we're not that different you know what give me a give me what is it oh i like my i like my bud light and my jeans or whatever the fuck they want and uh <laughs> and we're just like yeah give me give me a pint and you know another one <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's it's beer and football no matter how you slice it man beer and yeah football. yeah Pints and soccer. Same thing. Yep, yep. Same exact thing. Uh, Jason, what are you curious about, buddy? You got any guests? You got any questions for our guests? Uh, just, oh, um... you, you know what, Jason? Before you go on, you did ask me about doing gigs in Ireland. I did a gig at uh, a festival called Electric Picnic, which is a 55,000-person uh, p- camping weekend, like a oh, music shit. festival. Yeah. Awesome. 
Yeah, it was incredible. I did that back in like 2018. I, I just, I was just chatting to my dad today and he reminded me uh, of a story about it. So I got Electric Picnic. The comedy stage is like some of the most famous like Irish and UK acts, you know, like big, big, big name comedians. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't have heard of any of them because they're not from here, but big name comedians. And uh, <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> so the poster comes out, right? The comedy poster for the festival. And my name is like, you know, third or fourth from the bottom as, as you want to do. This was before the Tonight Show. So I would have been like the least, one of the least known people on the festival, right? And that detail is only important because uh, my, I went home for my mother's 60th, which was the same time as the festival. And uh, the whole family is out. And she has this, my mom has this one older sister who just not, a, not an ounce of joy in her heart, right? And we're at the table and someone brings up, oh, Sean, that's, that's, uh, that's fantastic that you, that you got electric picnic. And this, and this uh, aunt of mine goes, ah, oh, yeah, but sir, his name was all the way at the bottom of the poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How many people did you say? 55,000? Camping, yeah, it was amazing. Jesus. That's mm. a lot of freaking people. Believe Damn. me, the comedy tent did not did not have fifty five thousand people in it. But <laughs> ah, we probably had a thousand in there. It was a good time. My bad. I was going to yeah. ask you, um, what uh, what uh, good things has you know being on um, the Tonight Show like done for you? Uh, I honestly, man, the biggest one is just like without really a, without without a worry that kind of no going back situation I'm a full time comic now that's it man that's all I wanted and that's what I got yeah that's so, awesome so like yeah there's been like opportunities and stuff I was meant to do I mean before lockdown I was meant to appear on uh, the late late show which is Ireland's talk show which is funny enough the second longest running talk show of all time the tonight show being the longest so I was meant to do that before the pandemic hit and uh, now nah, we're just in talks. We'll figure it out. So I got a bunch of TV offers from Ireland, actually. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to it. Well, more, I, yeah. I was going to see more, pe- more you- people saw me. More people saw me on the Tonight Show than live in my home country. So. Are you going to try to get <laughs> on to some of the other other late night shows? I don't really care, man. Probably. <laughs> I'm not like very like the, I'm I'm like. I'm a real like feel good story in comedy because I'm just a fumbling fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you fit in right you, right with us here. Dumb? Are you a dumbass and you want to tell jokes? Fucking, it can work out. <laughs> <laughs> it is important to note that um, uh, a couple weeks ago we were supposed to have you on. Uh, instead of doing our podcast, you got drunk with a friend. So that is like <laughs> yeah. fucking. Dude, that is that is a shit. Sean Finnerty thing to do. That's some shit where like people might be listening to this going, this guy's not no, this is an act. And it's like, no, I'm that I'm that fucking dumb. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's like, that guy. Yeah, I am that guy. Wednesday. Wednesday I, at 6 30. Yeah, no I problem. Do, I do have one question. As a person who is of Irish descent, uh, I have a lot of Irish blood in me. Should I be offended at the lucky charms dude <laughs> at lucky Charms cereal should that offend me no no at a stretch you should be mildly irritated <laughs> <laughs> now right. 
I'll tell you what, it does piss me the fuck off when people come up to me and start going, oh, lucky charms. I'm like, just, just more because it's like the idea that they're the first one that said it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But should you be offended by it? No, you know, there's the thing about the leprechauns in Ireland is they weren't slaves. So they can pretty much do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> do you, um, do a lot of people do a lot of people come up to you on the street and be like, "Hey, man, how about that Conor McGregor fight?" Oh yeah, I get that all the time. And what I say about the McGregor thing is like, uh, I, I am, I am thankful to Conor McGregor for getting me into MMA to the extent that I am. Because I had someone from my country to cheer to, cheer for, I should say. And now I just, I couldn't really give a fuck about him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think a lot of fans feel that way. And, and I was rooting yeah. for Justin Poirier the whole way through because he's from Lafayette. And, uh, right. We're really, yeah, we're really close to Lafayette. So, yeah, yeah that, that was, was, happy. My boy. I was happy. I was happy for Poirier. He's, he's a nice guy. He's like one oh, of yeah. the nice guys of MMA. Yeah, I was happy for him. I, 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 hmm. I didn't want it to end. You know what? I actually think that the end was like, maybe it was like the best ending that could have happened because like, mm -hmm. it. look, you never know what's going to happen through in rounds two through five, but McGregor did look a little, I, I think he, I think he maybe injured his foot early in the round and then just, it went right at the yeah, end. That, that was like, gross. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that so was gross. bad. And, but I think that's like kind of a happy resolution where you can go, where I was like, okay, the, the guy who got me into this sport hasn't been knocked out to the point where he can't come back. Yeah. And the guy, the, the nice, this nice guy, family guy won and gets to go on to greater things. So I'm like, I'm fine with that resolution. When Dana came out afterwards, and was like, we need to see a, uh, uh, that's a bullshit way to end. We need to go to a fourth fight. I was like, we don't. Wait, no, no one wants. That's not let how him, you make let money. Him, let him box Pacquiao and retire. That's what I say. Now, yeah, I can't listen. What the fuck do I know? I've never trained mixed martial arts. If he wants to come back and he's actually dedicated enough to do it and, and actually fight at a, a competitive level or even just have fun fights, good for him. By all means, do it. But it's like, I just don't know if people can have that drive with that level of fame and success and money. Mm -hmm. It's tough. You know, when you have a hundred million in the bank account, it's really hard to be like, Oh, I have to cut weight down to one fifty five yeah. and go fight <laughs> this murderer yeah. from Lafayette, Louisiana. Who he has been getting who has dedicated his last three years or four years of his life to consistently getting better when you've mm -hmm. been on a yacht. Yeah. Oh, and, and Dustin Poirier has always been that guy. Uh, he, yeah. he told Theo Vaughn a story on a podcast one time that he used to invite dudes to fight him in the street in front of the police station so that they didn't have far to walk after they were done. Uh... <laughs> That's the kind of fucking guy Dustin Poirier is. Wow. You're speaking my language by, right now, by the way, because I've actually been an MMA journalist for a few years. Oh, uh, nice. I've actually been doing MMA journalism longer than I've been doing comedy, believe it or not. But really? um, yeah, dude, a long fucking since I was in high school, long fucking time. Wow. Um, my my opinion on the whole Conor McGregor leg break incident from a semi, I'll say an educated standpoint, 
is that okay. that that happens usually if you are very inactive and you have a very rough weight cut. He had to have had something to happen with the with the weight cut that took all of the calcium, the electrolytes out of his body. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. it, it had to have been. It. it had to have been the weight cut for that leg. That's not something I would have thought of. I was looking at like earlier spots in it where there was one that kind of it wasn't checked, but it caught the knee and it looked like mm-hmm. it might have done damage. And then there was all that stuff afterwards where he was like, "I went in injured," and some doctor said he was cleared, and then Dana said he was injured. It was like. All right, whatever. If he was actually injured the, the way that he stated, he wouldn't have been cleared to fight. If, if he was injured like that, then right. there would be lawsuits against the UFC right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think I think it was just pure. And then also, have you noticed that he's just fighting with everyone online now? Yeah, dude, he's, he's turned full Jake Paul mode, just <laughs> trolling everybody to try to get fights. Right. Yeah, I don't. Not trying to get fights. He's calling out. He's arguing with Cormier and. Bisping oh yeah, that's true. And that's like, true. I don't think he, it's nobody in his weight class. He's just like, it's just just yelling at yelling into yep. the yell, man yells at clouds. <laughs> <laughs> but but that is the next fight to make though is Conor McGregor versus Jake Paul. Let's all be honest here. Ah, uh, we'll see how he does against Woodley. Yeah, yeah. So you got you got Woodley in that fight. I'm not saying I got Woodley. I'm saying we'll see how he does it. <laughs> I, I actually have Jake, dude. I mean, just for the pure fact that he's 3-0 as a boxer and, and Woodley's never boxed before. Yeah, here's the thing. is 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 uh, Jake, Jake Paul is, is better than any of us knew going in. And that's not to say he's like, he's not an elite boxer. I don't believe in my heart by any stretch. But I think he could be like a solid just like a solid journeyman boxer level, we'll say. Yeah, it, if he cherry also, picks his fights correctly, he could look like yeah. a world beater very easily. And 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 like Woodley was the perfect next step after Aspen mm-hmm. because it's like unless you wanted something else in between, but like Woodley is the perfect next step where it's like he's known as a boxer. He's known as a guy. He's not known as a boxer. He's known as a guy with with a with a with a good with good knockout power. That's not a mm. boxer. That's someone with good power. Those are completely different things. What difference is that going to make if Jake Paul is piecing him up? Right, exactly. You know? And Woodley is tired and just goes, oh, great, I'm about to lose my fifth straight. You yeah, know? Right. So I don't know. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not going to call it because I'm not, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm like, I don't know enough. Every time I think I know a lot about, about combat sports in general, be it, be it mixed martial arts or boxing, you know, someone gets clowned in the first round, and I go, "Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that guy." <laughs> well, know? to be fair, I mean, every professional analyst yeah. has those moments as well, where it's like it's it's impossible sure. to to predict when people are punching each other in the face as hard as they can. It's impossible to predict who's going to come out on top. Dude, the most money I ever won betting on MMA was going against my instincts. Oh yeah, who'd you yeah. bet on? Uh, I didn't. I, I thought the line was too wide on uh, Ortega versus uh, a Korean zombie. Oh wow! So you took um, you took Ortega I, in that fight? Yeah, I took Ortega at like plus two hundred or something. Oh wow! Or sorry, no, it'd be minus two hundred. Sorry, but you know what I mean. Or whichever, yeah, whatever you get. Uh, I had, so I basically had him at two. See, in Ireland we use fractions, so we go two to one. So I basically yeah. I had him. At, I had him at two to one, 
And I was like, uh, yeah. So I just kind of went heavy on that. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. He, it just, when the fight started, like, I, I saw the first round and I was like, oh, he's got this. And then I wasn't nervous at all until the last two minutes. Because that's that point in the fight where you go, just don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Especially with Korean Zombie. Because you'd be like, yeah. oh, two minutes left? Let's do a twister yeah. submission. Let's try yeah. that. Yeah. Or just walk forward and swing. Yeah. Um, who do you have in the UFC fights this weekend between Barboza and Chikadze? Oh, wow. I have a, a leg kick stoppage. <laughs> oh, really? From uh, Barboza? <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Those two boys both kicked like fucking houses. Oh, yeah, they do, dude. That's yeah, going to be... I, I don't know who I have, but I know it's going to be fun. I would say... In situations like this, some I find like sometimes I find myself leaning with the fresher guy, yeah, because he's yeah. just been unstoppable since he got in there. But I don't know, man. I, I am excited. I am excited for that fight, though. I I think it's gonna be, dude. They both have such brutal kicks. It's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, sadly, I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm actually on the same run that you did with Compton this weekend. So I'm gonna be at the piano parlor in Mobile on Saturday. I'm not going to be able to, wa- to watch it until I get home Sunday. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Who has, so what's I, the, is there a decent co-main on that card? Um, you know, I don't think so, because I can't exactly tell you who the co-main event is. So I, I wouldn't, I don't think it is a good one. Oh, that, it's, the, um, it's the Ultimate Fighter Finals. So the, uh, the co-main event is Brian Battle versus Gilbert Ur- Urbina for the uh, Okay, I'll be Ultimate honest, Fighters. I haven't. I haven't kept up with that that uh, season, so I wouldn't really. It's a shit show, man. Like, watch yeah. seasons one through ten, and then drop it. Like, that's that's all there is to watch. Yeah, I, I will say, uh, I sometimes I rewatch. Uh, there's here's my favorite uh, MMA clip of all time. It's actually an interview with Forrest Griffin, and yeah. uh, he's not talking about uh, the Ultimate Fighter, which but saved the company, but. Like by all accounts, that is what saved the UFC. He's talking about his fight. They go, someone, one of the interviewers goes, So, I hear you're uh, rumored to be fighting John Jones. And he goes, uh, I hope I'm not fighting John Jones. It's <laughs> 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 so honest. And then he goes, Well, I mean, I'll fight. If, they, if they're offering, I'll fight him, I guess. But that dude would kick my ass. And he goes, uh, It couldn't be any worse than Anderson Silva. And they go, ah, oh. and he's like, yeah. So people ask me about that fight every day. He's like, what happened? He goes, I got punched in the face repeatedly. And I was very confused. <laughs> yeah. One time yeah. I tried to swing for him and he just looked at me like, did you really think you'd hit me? You slow, slow white boy. Like he <laughs> laughed at me. <laughs> he goes, I look like a kid trying to wrestle his dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Forrest Griffin is one of the most comedic, MMA fighters of all time. He's just one of the realest dudes. He's like, was he like, what did he say? Was he a cop or something? Or was he, yeah, he, he was, was just, a cop. Yeah, he was just in Georgia somewhere or something, and yeah, he was just like, all right, let me, yeah, let me give this a go. I'm good at fighting. He was like that old school. <laughs> where like, I'm delighted that guy won a belt because yeah. like you look at it now and you go, I don't think, I don't think a guy like that, unless it's a heavyweight, can win a belt again. Just with how far the sport has come in the last 10, 15 years, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm very disappointed that Chris Lieben never won a belt, mainly because my pinnacle in MMA journalism is being able to interview Chris Lieben. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's the, like... With, he had the fun hair, right? Yeah, yeah, the red hair. He was the cat smasher. Yeah, the cat smasher. So, have you guys seen What If on Disney Plus? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Jason is the least into MMA I have out of oh. anyone I've ever met. This, <clears throat> how, much, how much time do we have left? We can segue out of this. Yeah, we got about 10 minutes. So, yeah, you can segue away, Jason. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it off to you, buddy. <laughs> uh, we're just going to go ahead and start wrapping this thing up. I want to ask you what, uh, what, what shows you got coming up lately. Oh, so I'm doing Limestone Comedy Festival September 3rd and 4th. And then I'm doing, uh, that's in Bloomington, Indiana. And then I'm doing that Pittsburgh Irish Festival, the 10th and 11th. And uh, I haven't really, uh, don't have the calendar handy. So, yeah, I'll be all over after that. Oh, I think I'm doing like a cruise ship out at Long Beach after that. Carnival Cruise Lines. Okay. Yeah, April, or, uh, September 18th to the 25th. And then, oh, and then actually there is a good one coming up right after that. I'm headlining uh, Side Splitters Comedy Club. Uh, they have a new location. Uh, it's Side Splitters at the Grove. So it's in Wesley Chapel, uh, north of the Tampa location. So Wesley Chapel, Florida. And that's like the last, the first weekend in October. So it's like September 31st, October 3rd. Well, I went to SeanFennertyComedy.com. You need to update your uh, upcoming events page and put oh, all this dude, stuff in I, there. No, no, I need, I need someone to fucking help me. I don't know how to edit a website. <laughs> I need help. Someone here. Listen. This is a cry for help. All right. Listen, anybody listening, phone. if you have experience and know uh know how to to run websites just uh get a hold of us we'll get you a hold of get you a hold of sean and in the meantime if you <clears> want to <throat> see where i'm going to be performing stay the fuck away from my website and follow me on instagram <laughs> yeah yeah that, that is S-E-A-N-Y-F-I-N-N-E-R-T-Y. yeah that's right find me on instagram i post all my shows there awesome well um jacob what you got coming up soon Oh, yeah, man. I have a lot of dates as well right now. Um, so this... Uh, oh, fuck, dude. Tomorrow. Tomorrow hey, night. Question. You have a lot of dates coming up. Are any of them with a woman? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> hey, dude. I have, I, have, I have 100% more kids than you have, Sean. <laughs> I literally have a piece of my sperm walking this planet, dude. Oh, hell yeah. I fucked at least once, man. That's great, man. I'll be honest with you. I probably have a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking doubt it, dude. Um, so if you think that Sean Finnerty is your child's father, send an email to openmikerspodcast at gmail.com. I love dude, it. Is this how we're finally going to segue into Maury territory? Because I've been trying yeah. to fucking get there, bro. Um, Make it happen. Yeah, dude, tomorrow night I'm going to be at Salty Hobo 2 in Panama City, Florida. Then, uh, uh, is that a good venue, Sean? I've never been there. Can I say no? Yeah, you can say no. No. <laughs> what happened? Tell, tell me what happened. Oh, uh, five drunk people uh, decided they were going to talk loudly and not listen uh. to the show. And then we had a core group of 10 or so that really wanted to hear the show. Eventually the five fucked off, but uh, yeah, it was a bit of a yeah, it was a, yeah, it was it was all right. There's a there's a nighttime bartender, not the one who's in during the day. 
ignore her. The nighttime guy is real nice. So, you know, if you drink, at least he'll he'll hook it up. Okay, that's good. So I'm gonna get yeah. fucking wasted. I would night, I guys. would I would recommend. Yeah, I'm gonna get wasted for that show. Yeah. I, I have to do like 20 minutes in front of drunk people, apparently. So, dude, of the four <laughs> shows, that was the one where I was like, ah, oh, this stinks. It's it's always the first one too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but, sorry, salty hobo too. Where are you after that? Uh, so Friday night, I'm gonna be at Slapsticks in Panama City. Um, right. I, I think I hold the record for the comedian that's performed most at Slapstick. I think so. <laughs> I've been there a fucking lot. You're Aside there from a Compton, lot. obviously. I've I like, been there a I like, lot. Dude. I like Slapsticks because if you, if you put that on a, a poster, it, it just sounds like a comedy club. It does. I, I thought when <laughs> I first booked it that it was like a legit comedy club. Uh, and, I, and then I pull up there and I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? You're like, what um, am I doing here? I have a child. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's never going to see me again. And, and then uh, Saturday, Electric Piano Parlor in Mobile. And then I am coming home to rest for a few days until Tuesday night, the Juke Joint Ocean Springs. It's open mic. Anyone can come sign up. I will be your host. And then we're going to do open micers again, Jason. It's come full circle. Yes. It's going to be a full week. And uh, good luck to week. both of you for all your shows. I'll just be doing open mics. I'll be at the Juke Joint Tuesday. and. I don't have anything booked right now, but I'm totally okay with that because my summer's been too damn busy and I need a freaking weekend off. That's what I need. Nice. What are you going to do? Go get a haircut? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, got I got you worse. <laughs> I could go. Hey, here's the thing. I could go to the barbershop and get like the straight razor, like cut yeah. and like get all that stuff. Ooh, this stuff's nice. It's so nice. Love it. Dude, I did. You- I- it was it was, it felt imbalanced. I made fun of him and yeah. not you. <laughs> Jason, where's your barber base? The white side of prison. <laughs> <laughs> he lives. He lives in the next building over from me. <laughs> uh, but uh, but thank you, Sean, for uh, for coming back on yeah. the show, man. Um, sorry we couldn't get you a couple weeks ago, but uh, you came back. You came back for out. us. It wa- It all worked out for the best. Hell us. yeah. Yes, it did. And I just want to say, Sean, you are a very nice man in person. You are a very wonderful comic. And thank you so much for doing the show because you didn't fucking have to reschedule with us because you have no dates anywhere near where we are anymore. <laughs> so fucking thank you for coming on the show, man. It's my pleasure. Cheers for having me. Awesome. Well, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us now at anchor.fm.com or no, anchor.fm. And subscribe to the show, and uh, also our Patreon at uh, open at patreon.com slash open om podcast, openmikers.com, and you can go to tpublic.com slash openmikerspodcast for our merchandise. And we will see you next week. Bye.